0: This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from, and please leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast
1: host Mike Niemer will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education's important to us because it's important
0: to you, the listener. Now, here's Mike Niemer. Welcome into another episode of the Green Insider Podcast powered by eRenewable. I'm your host, Ron Culver, and today, Mike Niemer, CEO of eRenewable, is joined by co founder and CEO of DevStream, Sunny Trin. But before we jump into that conversation, let's hear from Mike's better half, CEO of eRenewable, and Niemer, with a very important message. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. Thanks, Ann. And now here's Mike Niemer with co founder and CEO of DevStream, Sunny Trin. Hello, welcome to the Green Insider podcast powered by Renewable. I am Mike Niemer, your host today. Today, my guest is Sunny Trin co-founder and CEO of DevStream. Sonny, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: Well, you know, um, uh, carbon's all the rage. Everybody's working on carbon reduction and carbon credits and carbon this and carbon that. You've got a great story to tell. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation, please give the listeners a little background on Sunny Tran and then as you have to leave that the introduction of yourself, kind of lead into Devstream, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, so um, again, Sonny Trin, co-founder and CEO of Devstream. Uh, my background, I have an engineering background and worked in semiconductor for almost three decades. And during that time, I worked for two of the largest semiconductor distributors, uh, chip distributors in the world, uh, Aerolectronics Electronics and Avnet. Uh, spent a lot of time working with their ESG groups. Uh, back then it was called CSR, or Corporate Social Responsibility. And one of the the things I I noticed was that um, working in the chip industry, we dealt with a lot of companies doing either renewable energy or energy efficiency type technologies and projects, but they were struggling to compete against fossil fuels because fossil fuels was just so much cheaper. And so that's when diving in, I started learning um, and realizing that carbon credits can be a really interesting financial vehicle to help bridge that gap. And so, uh, approach some of these companies and realized that they knew nothing about carbon credits or if they did didn't know how to generate credits to bring in this additional revenue stream to help them offset their costs. And this is where I I brought this up to the companies I worked with. And, and at that time carbon credits were still relatively new. So they, the companies didn't want to take anything further. Uh, but I felt that this is such a good opportunity to, you know, not only to help the world but also help these technologies as well that uh, end up spinning off and uh, started DevStream uh, a couple years ago, and so that's how this whole thing kind of came together, Mike.
0: Well, that's terrific because you know uh, carbon credits, and they are going to be needed to achieve net zero in the world of ESG and sustainability. Right? We everybody knows that it's not going to be done without the credits. Uh, and so, whether you're uh, you know reducing your carbon footprint through Artificial intelligence, whether you're buying the credit, whatever you're doing, you know, something has to take place. Tell us a little bit more about uh, DevStream. And I know you're helping people try to reach your sustainable goals. Walk us through what your company does exactly.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Um, So DevStream is a company that helps generate streams of revenue for other companies and organizations or even cities and states um, through the use of carbon credits, like I mentioned. And we have a focus on technology because that's, that's my background, along with my team. Most of my teams are engineers or physicists. Uh, we have four PhDs on the team. And so what, what we do is if a company has a technology or they're doing an activity that helps reduce energy consumption or greenhouse gas emissions, we come in and provide a full turnkey service where we generate and monetize carbon credits for them in exchange for a portion of the credits. So, for example, we have an industrial energy efficiency program where if a company has an old manufacturing facility... And they're looking to modernize it and include ways to reduce energy consumption or, or, again, any type of emissions. But we come in and generate credits for these activities. We then monetize the credits to help pay for these upgrades. And since these are industrial facilities, I mean, there's industrial facilities everywhere. Just this one program alone is extremely scalable with huge growth potential and huge impact for the environment. So um, we're also getting ready to start a, a project with a, one manufacturing facility, for example. In, uh, in in um, in Singapore, and it alone is expected to generate over 100,000 carbon credits per year. So let me
0: get this straight. So you got? Uh, we'll just take for example a um, a paper plant, manufacturing plant, yep. and they bring you in. Do you help upgrade and automate their current uh, LED lightings and air conditioners and HVACs and automation? To make it more energy efficient, and through those savings, you're issuing carbon credits. Or am I misunderstanding what you said?
1: No, that's correct. So we we don't implement the actual activities themselves because we're not an HVAC expert. But we have partners that have these technologies that we can go and recommend and bring into these factories. We have one, one great partner that, um, through their uh, techno- t- technological devices, they're able to reduce the energy consumption with mo- almost. Industrial facilities by ten to twenty percent. So now we make them more efficient at the, the factories. That is, but we also help advance the te- this technology further, and we use carbon credits to help pay for 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 these uh, upgrades. Uh, and at the same time, we're reducing the energy consumption by all these different uh, facilities.
0: Okay, and so let's go into the carbon credits. Let's educate the listeners a little bit yeah. about what that means. Okay. Uh, Walk through how the savings and can we make it as simple as everybody understands LED lights? Okay. We make it as simple as your vendor converts the entire manufacturing plant to all upgraded LED lights. And that's going to create, let's make up a 15% savings. Okay. Walk us through how that equals a carbon credit.
1: Okay. Um, So, The way to look at it, it really depends on the jurisdiction and how dirty the grid is. So when a company goes in and implements this savings, uh, as far as energy consumption, say again, with LED lighting, we calculate the amount of kilowatt hours that's reduced on an annual basis, then we convert that to the amount of emissions based on the grid. And so not every project is going to generate the same amount of carbon credits, even if it generates the same amount of energy savings, because it really depends on the location. So in some states, for example, the energy grid is much dirtier than others, where A state like Washington, where there's a lot of hydroelectricity, the grid's fairly clean. So this energy savings doesn't generate as much credits because you're not impacting the emissions. So we would target states or countries, for example, that have very dirty grids that are dependent on coal or natural gas or even diesel in some, some cases. So those areas, every kilowatt hour generates a lot more impact and a lot more savings.
0: Okay, so you generate, so the customer... Is going to save money on their utility bill just because you've, we've, you've reduced the uh, the amount of power they need because the energy efficiency programs you put in place, correct?
1: Correct, that's correct.
0: In addition to that, you're then issuing them a carbon credit, and is that carbon credit uh, retired or stored in some uh, depository? How does that work?
1: Yeah, no, it's a really good question. So. There's two types of carbon credits. There's what's called the, a voluntary credit and a compliance credit. A voluntary credit, as the name implies, is not uh, necessary in the jurisdiction that these companies uh, um, are located. Instead, they're getting pressured by shareholders, by end customers to reduce their carbon footprint. So they voluntarily buy these credits. Well, these companies who are doing these activities, they're able to generate voluntary credits um, because there's no compliance program. And uh, for for, for every ton of CO2 that's either avoided or reduced um, or sequestered, you're able to generate one carbon credit. And then they're able to sell it on the voluntary market to companies like Microsoft or Google, who again wants to reduce their carbon footprint. On the flip side, there's the compliance program where if a company lives is in a uh, located in a jurisdiction that has regulatory requirements to reduce your carbon footprint, well, if they exceed a certain threshold, they get they get taxed. In order to avoid that tax, they buy compliance credits to offset that tax.
0: So where you come in is you create from the savings, the credit, and then DevStream in turn sells the, in this case, involuntary credit into the marketplace, and then there's a revenue sharing between the manufacturer and yourself. Is that how that works?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So our program, there's zero risk to the manufacturing or the or the companies that want to uh, bring us on because we don't ask for any money up front and it's a, essentially pay for performance. So we take their data we uh, from the activities that they uh, implement and then we turn them into the credits and then we help them monetize it.
0: Okay. So you're not paying for the upgrade to the energy efficiency into the plant, but you are bringing them money back into what they spent based off what you sell a carbon credit for. Is that correct? That's correct.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly yeah.
0: right. that's fascinating i've had you know you know half a dozen people on the show about carbon credit this is the first story i've had and i've had energy efficiency on this is the first story i've had that's had both the energy efficiency turning it into a carbon credit sunny so i really appreciate that educate our listeners as to what let's you know most of our listeners are united states based we are in over 80 different countries, almost 100 now, actually, we're at 98, wow. but you know, 90% are still US-based. So sticking with the bulk of our listeners, what are some of the states that have the dirtiest grid where you can get the most money for your carbon credit?
1: So these are states that are very dependent on coal power generators. Uh, so these would be like in the Appalachian region, for example, like Virginia, West Virginia, and so forth. Um, and where, like I mentioned, other states that have um, either a lot more renewable energy. You know, I mentioned Washington with all the hydro. California has a decent amount of solar. California is probably on the more in the middle, but uh, on, on the better middle, I guess. Uh, New York actually does a really good job as well, too. So, uh, it, it, again, uh, off the top of my head, I'd say like the, 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 the coal states are the ones that would generate the most credits because they have the dirtiest grid right now.
0: Sonny, why don't you explain to the listeners the type of revenue that can be generated from a carbon credit in a voluntary market? Because I'm assuming in the voluntary market, that will be the lowest cost, right? That'll be the that'll be the cheapest you could sell it for. What does that type number look like?
1: Sure, so again, it, it also depends on the type of credits. So one thing, I'll, I'll take a step back, Mike, if you don't mind. There's also um, two main types of credits. One's called nature-based, which as the name implies, revolves around natural resources. Forest conservation, uh, reforestation, mangroves, preservation, and so forth. And then there's what we focus on, on the technology side. That's where we're talking about the industrial efficiency, building efficiencies, uh, direct air capture, EV chargers. Currently nature-based projects, because of a, an, there's certain inherent issues of reliability, uh, and I'll touch on that in a second as well. The nature-based uh, credits are typically anywhere between one to $10 on average. Where the technology credits, what we're seeing it also depends on the location, um, we're seeing anywhere between $15 to $30. So there are some lower quality ones as well too, but in general, the higher quality ones that have a lot more precise data around it will generate a a higher value. And the reason that the nature base are seeing a, a lower price is because it's hard to really quantify the true impact that these natural resources have on sequestering the uh, uh the carbon for example if you have a thousand acres of trees how do you know exactly how much carbon those trees are, are are capturing and then in reforestation projects trees don't grow at a linear rate so a lot of these data is done with models and and with models there's opportunities for overestimation and hence greenwashing so there's a lack of trust right now in in the nature based uh, projects where with technology for example the data is much more precise so if we do a building sufficiency uh, program for example I can tell you exactly how many kilowatt hours of energy was being used before we did the program and how many kilowatt hours it is afterwards. I mean, you just look at the energy bill, right? And so it's very yeah. precise. And then from that, you can calculate like the exact carbon down to the kilogram.
0: You know, I want to ask you a question regarding the nature-based product that you're talking about. Um, I was in a conversation a few weeks ago at a conference, and I'm overhearing somebody talk about the issue with the forestry, for example, and let's just say, let's just pick on California because because there's fires going on out there right now. Yeah. Uh, they tend to be cheaper because they really don't know how long the forest is actually going to be in place because of fires and other issues that may come up. Uh, do you find that that's also a factor as to why that's a little cheaper price? Not just how to to difficult to measure.
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it. No, you're absolutely your right. mic. I mean, that's a really good point is what they, we, we call it permanence. How permanent is this carbon sequestration? And you, you take a look at trees, it's not just about fires, but as soon as the tree dies and they, they fall to the ground, well, as they decay, they release the, the carbon back in the environment or if termites come in and pests and so forth. So it's not just fires um, and or if the trees die in another way, where if you look at technology and if you're avoiding emissions, really the truest form of permanence is avoidance because if the carbon was never emitted into the environment, well, you don't have to worry about bringing it back and having it being released because it was never emitted, And so that's why as a technologist, I feel that avoidance is the absolute uh, true permanence.
0: And so when you uh, come up and obviously you're in the technology sector, so all your credits are going to be technology-based, which they have a premium and it's understandable as to why. When you sell that to somebody... Are you transferring a certificate to them that they can then later retire or because it is in the voluntary, they're not in uh, not in a data permanent database to show it's been retired?
1: Yeah, so in, in the voluntary space, there's what's called registries. So these are run by by NGOs and they track all the carbon credits that are issued under their registry. So when we sell to another entity. The registry will will make note of that and then they, when, when it gets retired then the registry will make note of that as well too so all that, all that's controlled by a, a third-party non-governmental organization that manages all of that
0: well hopefully the listener will know and remember previous conversations i've had that is the credit we're looking for the one that's going to be retired within a registry because that means it cannot be rebought and resold again creating greenwashing and having that same credit being used over and over and over correct
1: that's correct. I mean, the credits can be rebought and resold as long as it's never registered.
0: Not registered, not retired. It's mean, it it registered, right?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I used the wrong word. Yeah. you're correct. Um, the credits can be uh, be uh, bought and sold as long as it's not retired, right? And, and as long as you know, we keep track of that. And so the yeah the double counting that the issue is when there's not a good accounting uh, practice where where one entity resells it and retires it at the same time. So that that can happen as well, too. And so that's where you have to be really careful. But that's a really good point, Mike.
0: Yeah, man, um, I like what you're doing, Sonny. I think it's uh, uh, it's innovative and creative. Uh, like I say, you're the first to come on my show, two hundred eight ep- 212 episodes into this. Uh, it's the first time I've heard of the two being combined together. Brilliant. So uh, hats off to you. Where do you see, we're coming up at the end of the year, What do you see for DevStream going into 2024?
1: So we're rolling out quite a few programs. Um, For example, I mentioned our buildings program, our industrial uh, energy efficiency program. That's that's what is one of the really interesting advantages of technology is that it's extremely scalable and it's very efficient. So, for example, our buildings program where we're able to create a program where we can register building uh, efficiency projects throughout all of North America. So anytime a new entity comes in, a new partner, a new client that has real estate that they're implementing, say, new HVAC systems, for example, they don't need to start and, and register a whole new project. They can roll directly in our program and essentially start generating credits within a day, where most projects takes anywhere between 12 to 36 months to go through the whole registration validation process. That's really the, the nice thing. And, and as you know, I mean, there's a lot of buildings, campuses, uh, municipal facilities, I mean, you name it, throughout North America. So this is extremely scalable. At the same time, it's really impactful to the environment as well, too, because this extra stream of revenue from carbon credits helps encourage more of these activities, whether it's you know, switching out better HVAC system or switching the LED lighting, better insulation, and so forth. So it's a very positive cycle that we're trying to encourage. And, and obviously, if you want to make change, economics is the key to everything, right? So you have to create a financial incentive, and that's what we're trying to do. Sonny, hats off to you for being creative. And
0: I think you stumbled onto something that uh, should be picking up steam in 24. Good luck to you and to Devstream. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Green Insider.
1: Great, thank you for having me, Mike. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
0: It was a pleasure chatting with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunny Trend, co-founder and CEO of Devstream on eRenewable and The Green Insider podcast today. Have a great day. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, Refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider podcast.